All right, real quick, people, before we get into today's show, we've just released a new course, Periodization for Periods, all around how to train women around their monthly cycle, and we've got it on special. If you're interested, click the link in the show notes. If you liked the show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. For show notes and free training on how to grow your boot camp, visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the Bootcamp Blueprint, the place where personal trainers go to grow their bootcamp and social media. I'm super excited this week because the two guests I have I've been following for a long time and two of the people that I look up to most when it comes to running bootcamps because like a lot of people listening, I never knew how to run a bootcamp when starting off, right? I completed my fitness certs. I've got a degree in exercise physiology. I've been working in gyms for a few years. But I had no idea how to run a boot camp. You know, I was running one, but I sucked and the numbers kept dropping and I was getting upset. And I thought, you know what? How, what can I do? How can I learn how to run a better boot camp? And I thought about it. I'm like, how have I learned how to do anything else? YouTube. You know, that's how I learned how to cook. It's how I learned how to change a car tire. I thought, you know, maybe I can learn how to run a boot camp via YouTube. So I searched on YouTube, you know, how to run a boot camp or something like that. And I stumbled across these two really good channels. One was AxFit and one was how to sell personal training. And I studied these channels daily. I probably spent more time studying these YouTube videos than I did my whole university degree. And I probably learned more from these, uh, these YouTube channels too. And I implemented pretty much everything these two people do and teach. And my boot camp just grew and grew and grew. So I'm very excited to have both of those two people on the show today because what's important is not only do they know how to run a boot camp, they know how to teach others, and they've both taught hundreds, if not thousands, of trainers. So, anyways, without further ado, I've got uh, Danielle Chavalira from Axfit, and I've got Jonathan Hurdles from uh, How to Sell Personal Training. Uh, two of the more complicated names on YouTube as well. But thank you for uh, thank you for being on the show, guys. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah. To be. Awesome. Now. What I want to do today, I've got a bit of a Q&A, so I've uh, put the word out and I've got about 15, 20 common questions that um, our listeners have asked. Now, we're going to wrap this up in about 45 minutes. That could be a challenge on its own because I've spoken to both these people and with what they know, they could go for days and days and days talking about boot camp, but I'll do my best to, to moderate it and get it down to 45, uh, to, uh, 45 minutes. So let's quickly start, bit of an introduction. We'll go through both of you. Maybe we'll start with you, uh, Danny. 60 seconds or less, tell everyone what you do, who you are, where you're from, what you do. 60 seconds yeah, or less. So, all right, 60 seconds. Ah, um, so yeah, I'm Danielle Chevalier and I'm in Ontario, Canada. I love skateboarding and paddleboarding. I got a couple kids and, but my main thing, I just love kicking people's butts. It's just so much fun for me. I don't know if it's because my brother picked on me all my life, but it's my favorite thing to do. And um, I'm super passionate about it. And that's all I like talking about and doing. And uh, that's why it's awesome to be here today. Love it. Jonathan, 60 seconds or less. Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Got my stopwatch. Uh, my name is Jonathan Hurtless. Um, essentially, I found my love for fitness uh, in my early childhood, and it's something that I've just always wanted to do through sports, and um, I, I got the regular desk job for a long period of time. I was working in banking, and it just didn't vibe with me. Uh, it's not something that I saw myself doing 20 years down the line. I always found my way back to fitness, and I think it's the best industry to work in. So uh, I continue to do it to this day. I run boot camps, 
And with the extra time that I have, I want to encourage as many trainers as possible that have that passion to go for it and be successful in the fitness industry. And, you know, a platform like this, I'm just happy to get the word out with Danny. Awesome. Love it too. Now, I like to start all these podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Jonathan, have you got one for us? I do. I'm not sure if I, if I had mentioned it before, but I was talking to another trainer and we were discussing different mantras. Hers was better than mine. But um, my mantra, uh, not everybody can roll with this, but for me, it's suffer hard, suffer fast. So like if there's anything that you got to do that's difficult or that's going to require you know, a lot of your energy emotionally or otherwise, I'd rather just get it all done, learn as much as possible instead of dragging it out. And I think the biggest issue that a lot of trainers have is not being able to take action and then just going for it. So my thing is just suffer, uh, suffer hard, suffer fast, go for it, make it work, and then the rest is smooth sailing. Love it. I, I, I agree with that so much. It's the couple things. It's ripping the Band-Aid off, right? There's something painful. Just rip it off and, and get it done. And yeah, you don't want it dragging on. Just do it and either win or learn from it. So I, I love that. Danny, have you got one for us? Um, I got a bunch, but like, I don't want to use the same one I did last time in your podcast. So I really like like mom spaghetti and not everyone knows what that means, but it's kind of like that from that. Well, not kind of like it's from the Eminem uh, movie and his songs. And it's kind of like mom spaghetti, like just like go after it. Life isn't a practice run. You get one shot here, make it count, take that fire inside of you and get after it. So I yell it in my class all the time. Some people know it. Some people don't. Did you guys know it? Uh, I had heard of the Eminem song, but I, I had never heard it explained like that. So I love that. Jonathan, have you heard of that? I didn't get it at first, but as soon as she started talking about the song, it made perfect sense. And yeah, it's we vibe the same way. We're like type A's. Love it. I'm, uh, I'm motivated already. So, hey, let's get into it. We might start with you, Danny. Out of okay. everything fitness, and I know you do a few other things fitness as well, but as trainers, there's so much things we can do, right? We can do one-on-one personal training. We can do small group training. We can do boot camps. We can sell supplements. We can do underwear modeling. It's, it's endless, right? What made you choose boot camp out of all those things? Um, well, I started with personal training. I just found it kind of like, not boring, but a little bit like, you know, you got talking with the people too much. And then one time I just got thrown in a class and I was scared and there was 30 of them. And I was just like, oh, I was covering someone for someone at the gym. And within three minutes of teaching that class, I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. There was so much fun that that competition, that like healthy competition and just like that camaraderie and the fun and the family and the vibe. So like group training, I just never went back. It's fun. And I'm really good at like kind of making it funny, but hard and calling people out, but being compassionate. So it's definitely a fine balance. And I feel like I've kind of mastered that. And yeah, so I I could never go back to one-on-one. People ask me all the time and I'm just like, no, sorry, I don't have time. I really just love the group training. What about you, Jonathan? Uh, You know what? My story is very similar to yours. Uh, I started off as a personal trainer, and I think I was a personal trainer for about seven or eight years before I ever did group. And to be honest, I was scared to death to do group. Like, if there was a group X class in my gym, I would find a reason why I couldn't do it. Uh, And then I think I I just woke up one day, and I I started running the numbers, and I said to myself, all right, um, number one, it does get kind of boring with the wrong kind of client, because some clients just want to drag you into a conversation. They don't have that same work ethic. Um, And so when I ran the numbers, I said, okay, I could train one person for 
$40 an hour, or I could train 20 people for $10 an hour. Wait a minute, what's going on? Like, this makes no sense. And I was scared to death my first class. My first class sucked. I, it wasn't any good. Um, but I just stuck with it, and I just caught the fire, you know? And same thing. People ask me personal training all the time. I say I have friends that I can refer you over to. Uh, not quite something that I like to do as much anymore. Um, although, there, you know, it can be rewarding, but I think group fitness is where it's at in terms of getting the best energy out of your clients and out of yourself. It just kind of homogenizes together and everybody kind of lifts each other up. So I think group is where it's at. Yeah, I, I've, I agree with both of you for both those reasons there. A, it's just so much more fun and the energy's there and you can't go back, right? If you run that successful boot camp, nothing against one-on-one. You know, that's got its place and it's great. But if you're one of those people that likes the group side of things, it's very hard to go back. Now, let's um, expand a little bit on that. So both of you have sort of touched on how you started on the group side of things. Both of you run very successful boot camps. Maybe a, a bit of a, a 60 second or less again. We might start with you, Jonathan. How did it go from, you know, a couple people down at the park to what you do now? Um, well, I started off in the park and then I realized that I wasn't going to be able to do it all year round because uh, in New Jersey, Northeast, we have like very different seasons. Once winter hits, like everything changes. Uh, and so I went indoors. I established a relationship with a gymnastics facility. Luckily for me, had a built-in client base. So it was really just a matter of winning over. I didn't have to win over every client. I just had to win over the owner and the people at the front desk. And so, because of charm, charisma, luck, whatever you want to call it, uh, they, really, they really gave me my first start. So my first class, I had 11 people. And I knew that once I had people in front of me, I was going to be able to grow it. So, like I said, my first couple of classes sucked. And then, uh, as I got better, the word just kept spreading around. And it's just about servicing the client, making sure they're happy, making sure they see the results, um, keeping yourself fresh and, and motivated. And... That in itself, you know, even if your marketing isn't that great, can always bring you clients. Love it. Danny, what about yourself? You've got a huge-ass boot camp there that we see in the, the school gym. How did you build that? Huge ass. Um, yeah, so it doesn't, it didn't happen overnight. And trainers ask me all the time, how did you get so many people? I've been doing it for three months or six months or some say a year. And you know what? If you're thinking you're just going to make a ton of money, get a ton of people, and it's going to happen quickly like that, it doesn't. I mean, unless the timing's right. Like Jonathan said, there was clients in there. But for me, I was one of the first boot camps in our city. This was back in 2004. And there was, they were like, what is this? And my stuff was intense, extreme fitness. So it's not for everybody. So it started with two people, 10 people. Sometimes no one would show or one person. Me and I was a single mom. We ate a lot of spaghetti back then. And hopefully we'd buy a 10 pack that day so that we could go and get groceries. And it was hard. And I almost gave up. But I just kept going and going. And then slowly it kind of became more like okay this is good this is you know and like he said keeping it fresh and doing new things and we work the elements that's kind of my slogan work the elements so we do water and sand and hills and bush and we hop fences and we hit the streets and we go to parking garages and so by doing all this these different things it just it took time but it grew and now like I'm just known as like that kick-ass trainer in the city and some people are afraid to come but I don't even want them here I rather those hardcore like you know people that want what I give so it took time but you just have to be consistent and stick at it. 
Agree. Now, where I'd like to go through from here, guys, a little bit different, and I actually didn't send this over in the question, so this could be fun. One thing I really like about both of you two is your actual instructing styles and what you're like as trainers, because in my opinion, it's so much more than the workout, right? You could just give a monkey, hey, here's the workout and get these people to do it and they can do it. There's all these other things that, that people have to do as trainers and I think you two have mastered them. So I'd like to almost go through a perfect class. It might be even probably every class for you two, but if we can sort of go through the anatomy. So I'll break down little steps and what I'm basically going to ask is little things you do. We'll start with here actually. We'll start with you, Jonathan. What do you do? Say you've got a boot camp, whatever, 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. What are the things you need to do before you even leave your place, before you even get to the facility there? What are some things you do before, while you're at home, either the night before or that morning before the boot camp gets started? Can you give us any, any tips you do or do you just rock up and see how it goes? It's, uh, it's kind of funny because uh, I get up so early. Like my first alarm goes off at like 3.30 in the morning. And then, uh, and then my next one goes off at four. So I'm in bed for like a half hour, just getting my mind right. Uh, and in the very beginning, I used to kind of go off the cuff and then whatever workout I, I wanted to do, I kind of planned as I got there and realized that I, I wasn't as efficient as I could be for myself in the way I wanted to run classes. So my workouts are usually written out weeks beforehand. So I now have the luxury, if you want to call it that, to be able to roll out of bed and then just look at my syllabus for the day and go like, all right, this is what we're gonna do. Um, but I remember being like really nervous about having the right energy. I used to take, uh, I don't know if you guys have them in Canada and Australia, but the five hour energy, they're like B12 little shots. Um, I used to drink that and try to get myself all gassed up. And now it's, you know, as soon as the first person walks in the door, it's like an automatic switch that I'm on. And I can be dead tired, but the setup is done. I know what the workout's gonna be, and it's just waiting for that first person. And then all of a sudden, Shows on. There's no. There's no turning back. You just gotta go. Love that, Danny. Anything you do before you leave your house? Yeah. So I always. Uh, I plan my workouts a couple days before. Sometimes day before, night before. Sometimes morning of. I I teach one class in the morning. Sorry, there's a train going by. I don't know if you can hear it. Uh, I teach one class in the morning and one class at night. I just do two a day. So I'm really effective and efficient, and I have time in the day to kind of get other things done. But um. I, I visualize my workouts everywhere I go and I tell trainers this because like, how do you come up with the shit you come up with? But if I'm in the shower, I look at the tiles on the shower wall and I visualize the flow of my people efficiently. If I'm laying in bed at night, I like look up at the ceiling or if like I'm in the living room or in the car, like I'm always kind of building and thinking how I can flow the people so there's no dead time. So I'm always planning that the day before of my space. I train in a lot of different places. My crew likes it. So tonight we're at this park where there's a beach. So, you know, all day I'm kind of like visualizing the beach and kind of getting to that vibe and how I'm going to flow them and what we're going to do. Am I going to get them in the water tonight? Am I not? What kind of mood have I am? And then when I'm driving there, I always like crank some music, get pumped up and then show up and just like spread that energy and make them all like, cause some, you know, some people come to class and they're kind of like, uh, you know, they don't want to be there. Like we all do going to the gym. Sometimes it's hard. So you just kind of got to bust out of your car or into the class and make people like get that energy off of you. It's so important. Amazing. And I've got to, I want to expand on that point from, from both people there, because this is a, a point I've realized with all successful, actually all successful people. Like if you read any book on a successful person, every single one of them visualizes 
right? You say, what do they do? Hey, I visualize success or I visualize what I'm going to do the next day or whatever. That's the same with um, trainers. If you listen to both Danny and Jonathan there, both of them basically visualize their whole class beforehand. It's not even so much, hey, I'll just write it down on a piece of paper. It's how hey, I'll write it down, but I'm going to think about it. Where do I stand? Where do the people stand? Where am I going to set up this equipment? So when you rock up to boot camp, it's not like, hmm, where am I going to put the kettlebell today? Hmm, where are we going to set up the TRX? Everything's there. You know what direction people are moving. So I think that's, for anyone listening, in a, a very important point there. Now, let's go that little bit further. We've already planned it at home. Now, when we rock up at that actual session, all right, what happens there? Do we just rock up a couple minutes beforehand and get into it? Or, you know, do we need to get there earlier? And do we need to set up? Do we need to get the ambience? What's going on there? Let's start with you, Danny. So All right. you're plus so, the session. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I always try and get there early, 20 minutes early, half hour early. Whenever my, the gym, I'm, I, when I go to my indoor location, they love me. And um, uh, like Jonathan mentioned, building that re- relationship with your front desk and the place you're renting from is number one because then they just like love you and let you get away with things that they might not other people. <laughs> so um, I always get in there early, get some music going a little low, and then there could be new people walking in. So for new trainers out there that are just getting started and you know you want to get those new clients in or keep them, you have to make sure, like if you're talking to your regular crew and you see a new person walking in, don't sit there talking and just ignore them like, guys, see ya. Get over there as fast as you can. Welcome them because they're scared. They're coming in. So I definitely make sure I work the room, talk to everybody, you know, give a couple compliments out there and then uh, get off to those new people, do a little goal setting. What are they, what do they want out of the, their workouts? And then um, have all the equipment set up. And usually the crew gets in and helps kind of set up. They like to do that and I don't mind the help, but um, people that are there early, you know, we do some stretches and it's just, like I said, setting that vibe, that tone, getting them excited, talking about what we're going to get after, what we're going to do this week or next month. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. And like I visualize that workout the day before or a couple days before. And sometimes I write it down, but usually I find if I write it down, when I write it down, once I'm at the gym, I already know it in my head. So I don't even like look at the clipboard. And I don't like to be like a clipboard trainer where you're constantly looking at your clipboard because it's kind of like, you know, your head's down. And just if you visualize it and write it at home, you know it. And eventually you get better at that. I, that makes me laugh because I do the same. So I'll write down every single workout and I'll yeah. put it in my pocket. And that never comes out of my pocket when I run the class. I've written it down. I've, pl- I've visualized it so much. I put it in my pocket. So I've got it there, but I don't even need it because I visualized it that much. So I, I really like that. Uh, Jonathan, when you arrive to that session, what goes on there? Um, so for me, it's, uh, it's really the same thing in terms of the amount of time that you get in early. You really don't want to walk in at the same time as your clients. So you want to get there. I'm there usually. I'm ready to go with about 15 or 20 minutes to spare. Um, as far as like new people, I worry a lot um, because it's I'm so structured almost to a fault at times. I try to avoid getting new people that I don't see coming. Um, so if somebody's going to refer a friend, I'll be like, you know, just give me their information so I can maybe talk to them. Uh, but if in the in the instance where somebody new comes in, brand new, I had no idea that they were going to be there. Uh, a lot of times my regulars like to help. It's great when, you're, when your clients want to become a part of, you know, the, I guess, the, the leadership. They want to take a leadership role. So um, I, I always try to make sure to get as much information on a new person as possible because then I can connect them with an existing person. 
What do you do? How old are you? Why are you here? Do you have any kids? Do you like dogs? Do you like sports? I'm trying to get as much information. For instance, one guy came in who normally comes to my 6.30 class. He came to my 5.30 class. And he happens to be a dance instructor. One of my clients, Maria, danced for like the first, I don't know, like 15 or just for like 10 or 15 years. So instantly, because it was a partner workout, I put them together and I kind of slid in there, hey, Diego, how's ballroom dance class going? And then Maria's like, wait, are you dancing? He's like, yeah, I did. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's about getting them into the group. And I'm always selling the workout, you know, even though I know what it's going to be. When I'm doing explanations, same thing as Danny. I'm talking about what we're going to do, how hard it's going to be, or how, you know, what part is going to be the most fun. So people that don't like to sell, you're always selling. You're always talking about what you're doing and getting your people jazzed up. Because like, like Danny said, some people walk in tired. Some people walk in unmotivated, and it's up to you as a trainer to get them going. Yeah, that's that's what probably the biggest thing I've taken away from from both of you two from watching you train is the energy you bring to those sessions, especially early morning. And that actually changed me as a boot camp instructor. When I first started in the industry, I'd get to that 6 a.m. session and I'd be a little tired myself, you know, and I'd sort of be a bit soft and ease people into it. But then I watched both of these two and I'm like, nah, it's our job as the trainer to, to motivate people when they walk in. You've got to be there ready to go. So just a, a couple common threads just to summarize to the listeners. You'll notice that both of these two got in there really early. Like they're in there half an hour early, might spend 10 minutes to set up. So they've got 10, 15, 20 minutes, just kick them back talking to people, making them feel part of the group. And also what you'll find is both of them have really good communities. So I just read this book, actually, I don't know if you two have read it, The Membership Economy. And it talks about how good your community is, is how, how much the other people help you out. And you can see how with both of these two trainers there, Danny's crew helps her set up the, her boot camp. That's how much they want to help her out. Same with Jonathan, the crew helps them um, interact with the, the newbies together which is a sign of a really, really good community. And I love Jonathan's little trick there, how he, it all comes down to preparation again. He's prepared for a, a new person to come in, find some info so he can already hook them up with that someone with similar interests. So as soon as that new person walks in, it's like, oh, well, these people are just like me. There's someone just like me. So I, I love that there. Let's move on to the next part. This part's going to be a little tricky, but we'll just talk generally. Now we're running the session. So we've done the prayer. We've got there early. The ambience is right. The energy is right. Everyone's ready to go. We've probably done the warm-up. Now we're going to get into the, the main session. What are just some general points that you think every trainer could benefit from? Because obviously a lot's going to depend on what you're doing in the session, who the trainer is, who your group is. But what are some generic points that you think every trainer should do during that main part of the session? Uh, let's start with Danny. Um, yeah, so definitely keeping the flow going. Um, I'm a big fan of like no dead time. We'll take quick breaks, you know, often, but if they can tell you're like trying to like figure out what you're going to do next and they're all standing there, they're losing their sweat and they're like, okay, she doesn't know what she's doing. He's unorganized. I'm paying, you know, a dollar a minute to be here, whatever it is. And, um, I'm not getting my full workout. So you definitely want to, like we were saying, prepare, you know, visualize, show up, know what you're going to do. And then keeping that flow going. I always do my workouts in phases. So I have like my warm up phase, you know, we warm up, we do some laps, we do like different stretches and, and kind of moves that we're going to do in class that day. Um, and then we get into phase two, which is like my pre ass kicker. It's kind of like not the meat and potatoes of my workout. It's that phase in between, get their core really ready. It helps prevent injuries, kind of gets that heart rate going. And then why I do that is because usually the 
bigger part of my workout, the meat and potatoes, I need to explain a little bit more. So instead of them like, you know, right away, you're like spending three minutes to tell this thing they're dying and they want that three minutes. So um, I'll be like, okay, I just killed them with that pre ass kicker. Now they're kind of chilling and they're dying to have that workout. They're drinking some water and that gives me two, three minutes that they actually need to recover to explain the main meat and potatoes of my workout. And if I, if I find my pre ass kicker, her phase wasn't enough, then I'll get them in a wall squat or I'll make them do a plank or something while I explain the phase if I knew it's gonna know it's gonna be kind of a long explanation. So that's really important. You wanna like keep it flowing and kind of read your crowd. Every workout's different, every location I do it, it's different. Um, you know, you might have that more advanced crew or those new people that are doing things wrong. So you got to show them modifications. Sometimes I just kind of get that phase going and then I'll go to them and then show show them those moves. Because if you have, you know. 35 regulars and then just one new person you can't go through all those mods they don't want to sit there and listen to that so I'll just kind of get the workout going and then I'll go with them and, and and touch base with them every station they're at or what they're doing or I'll just say do what I'm doing so those are kind of a couple key things I could keep going but I'll you know I'll pass I'll pass the mic <laughs> Jonathan um, well in terms of uh, during the workout it's it's a couple things I, and I'm sure Danny would agree first goal of a trainer is do no harm. You know the Hippocratic Code. Um, you want to keep everybody safe. All right. So especially if you have a you know a larger workout or a more complicated workout, you can't expect that all of your clients are going to be able to do every move correctly. Even though it may come to us easily as trainers, but I have seen people like completely butcher a squat. I've seen people butcher something as simple as bicep curls or a push up. So the main goal is uh, keeping your eyes peeled for who's not quite understanding what's going on um, and making sure that nobody's in a position to hurt themselves. And then from there, my main goal is to never shut up. Like I always have to be talking throughout the entire hour. Um, if I'm not fixing something, I'm trying to get the, the most out of somebody in terms of their effort because sometimes when you turn around, a client may try to like slack off and I, I don't want that to happen. Um, and then otherwise it's just about getting more information, like establishing more of a relationship. You know, a client may have broached the topic, you know, before class and because I had to get class started, we couldn't go too deep into it. But if there's a time where the form looks okay, the energy looks okay, I might need to touch base with the client and go like, Hey, you know, that thing that you were dealing with, you know, is everything all right? How, you know, how can we fix it? Uh, and then of course, as Danny said, you got to keep it flowing. Like you can't really get confused. Because everybody's looking at you the whole time. So those three things, you know, doing no harm, never shutting up, and then keep things going because they have a limited amount of time. you got to get them in and out, and they've got to enjoy every session. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially, do you agree with the no talking? Do you find that hard, Danny, to not to talk during the session? Or you seem like the quiet type, so is that a, a tough one? <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. No, I love, um, I love that. And just to summarize for the listeners, um, the workout shouldn't be a riddle for the participants. Like a lot of the time it's, it's sort of hard enough for, for them to get in as it is. And we want to make it super creative as trainers, but we need to explain it in such a way that isn't a riddle for them and that they don't get bored as well. So that's what I like out of, out of both those two things there. Now let's move on to the next stage. We've done the workout. So workout's over. Is there anything we need to do after the session? Can we just walk straight out of there and then, you know, that's it for the, the boot camp or do we hang around afterwards or is there anything we do at home? Let's start with Jonathan. Okay. Um, after the workout, sometimes, well, I have a lot of clients that work in New York city. So some of them have to bolt out. 
Um, but when I do have what I want, which is everybody being able to stand and experience everything, um, number one, I like to run socials outside of the boot camp. So I'm always hyping up socials to get people together. The more community we can create, the better. Um, there's always a, a health theme for the day. So I'm always reminding clients to take whatever they did and then don't just, you know, your health didn't just stop at the workout. It now goes into your habits outside. So I remind them of the theme of the day. And then um, in between classes, so class is done, I've already broken down everything, doors are closed. Um, I use mass text alerts, uh, and it's just a way for me to keep contact with all of my clients. And if they have a specific question, they can respond. But I'm usually reminding them of the uh, – of the theme for the day, probably at around noon, after they've been out of my face for five hours, I'm um, calling out the people that weren't there to say, hey, where were you? I want to see your face. Um, and then sometimes it's just like finding a good quote and then sending it their way just to let them know that I'm thinking about them. I actually, it's, it's really, uh, what's the word, narcissistic, but I want to be on my clients' minds 24 hours a day. I want them to hear my voice like all the time to make sure that they're not messing up because they all have goals and I want to help them hit them. Yeah, well, well, I want to expand on that because I love a couple of things. But Danny, what about you? So sessions finished. Where do you go from there? Either at the session or at home still? Yeah, so um, session ends. Um, we kind of hang out a little bit. Some people like Jonathan, they have to run. They got kids or whatever. But the ones that stick around, I always chat with. Or even like right when the session's done, I try to, before I'm like, hey, guys, you can leave. I do kind of like a, you know, a little talk about how the class went and what it did for them and you know kind of makes them think okay now I'm leaving here I'm not going to go home and eat crap I'm just like this is what you guys did like you know your metabolism now you can burn calories for like 30 hours while you're sleeping don't go home and eat crap um so talk stuff like that definitely you know touch people on the shoulder tell them a compliment make them feel good and yeah I like being in my clients heads all the time too so like posting on my social media pictures from class I always go home and post a picture or two or I'll try and get a picture of someone a client like and you know you want them looking good no one wants to look funny on online and then doing a little client highlight those are like my best marketing tools or client highlights because you're highlighting someone and then they share it and then people are like oh good job and people get talking oh I should do that look at the results you've had maybe Maybe you do a before and after, or maybe just them doing a cool move and saying how far they've come along. So I try and like post those up often. Um, definitely doing like text to people just saying, Hey, you were awesome in there today. Um, even clients you've had for 10 years because you can't just like forget about them. And then one thing I kind of add at the end of maybe I try and do a class a week or at least like one or two a month is, you know, they do it in yoga a lot. And with boot camp, sometimes we're just like hard, hard, hard. And then we're out is I turn the lights off, get everyone to lay in the gym. And my clients want to do this every day, but they do and they don't, it wouldn't be a special. And we do a meditation. So I lay them down and I say, okay, guys, you just killed it. Their heart rates are going. I, I have a playlist ready for like, you know, that Zenny kind of music. You got to find one. So then you can click to it right away. You guys got to try this that are listening because they'll love it and have them lay down and kind of have a message ready and then give them like two to three or five or eight minutes. Sometimes they do longer to do nothing but lay there and they feed off those words. You just kind of set the mood. Maybe it's goal setting. Maybe it's being thankful for the family and the love you have. Maybe it's just, you know, focusing on yourself and what you're grateful for the hard work, appreciating what you've done, setting intentions for the week. Or maybe you tell them this time not to do anything or think about anything at all. Just zone out and take those three minutes or five minutes to just have peaceful moments. And then when they get up and you turn that light on, they're just like, Whoa, I had my heart rate going. I had a little meditation. They're 
getting in their car and they feel incredible. So definitely recommend that. Amazing. I want to go to your boot camp just for that, Danny. Can I skip the, the main section and just do the, the end? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I want to expand on what both you two said there because I think there's some key points, um, both with the texting and the social media. Because as boot camp instructors, we see people for one hour a day, if that, right? If someone trains every single day, okay, we see them for one hour a day. Most people, in my experience, will train more two or three or four times. So we're not seeing them that often. That's where I think that text message and the social media just keeps that person engaged for so much longer than just that one hour there. And that's what I found changed my boot camp when I went from thinking it's just about the boot camp to thinking, hey, it's actually the stuff you do outside is actually more important. So if you're listening to this and you're not sending out regular text messages, do that and watch your attention go through the roof. And same thing with the social media as well. So I love both those points there. Now, uh, from there, just a, a quick little uh, question. I'm not sure if I sent this one over e either. I want to ask both of you two the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you running a boot camp. Let's start with Danny. Have you got one for us? Well, I have lots, but no, not too many. But <laughs> one that really sticks out for me, um, I have twin babies. They're one now, but when I was pregnant, I was huge. And besides like fainting in class a couple of times, that was embarrassing, but not too bad. It happens. One time, I don't know if it was the stomach flu, was, you know, in the winter or if I if I was just morning sickness, they call it, but it's all day sickness, but I um, threw up. And when you have two huge babies in your belly and you throw up and you're like really doing that, like moms will know it makes you have to pee. So I not only threw up, but I peed all down my pants and into my shoes. And it was really, really, really bad. This is during a session? This, is this most embarrassing thing in life or during a session? It didn't happen in the session. I should correct that. It was we were all kind of all walking from our cars to go in the doors. There was a couple people there that saw it, but that's to me, I was in front of my building. That's my, you know, my turf. And that was really like embarrassing to me. So maybe four people in class saw a couple in their cars and then the, the community center. So I was, yeah, it wasn't fine. Damn. All right. Well, Hey, that was uh, quite an interesting one. Jonathan, can you beat that? I, I don't think I can beat that. Um, I don't know. I was going back and forth between two. And since Danny had the whole, uh, you know, incontinence uh, throwing up thing, I'm going to keep my gastrointestinal story to the side. And um, essentially, when you're a trainer, especially in front of groups, I think it gets harder and harder to get embarrassed. So that's just something you got to deal with because, you know, clients embarrass themselves and you got to be okay with it. So if you get embarrassed, that's okay too. So essentially, I was going over a drill and it was very simple, something I've done a million times over, a lateral step over with a ladder. And it just so happened that I had a fair amount of equipment at the end of the ladder. Like I had steps. So, you know, I wanted to make sure clients was, were doing it right. And I was talking about how people usually do it wrong. So let me demonstrate. And I'm doing the lateral step over. And then I think I'm killing it. And then all of a sudden, like my foot gets caught into the ladder and I go tumbling off to the side. And... You know those, uh, you know those steppers that you usually see in aerobics classes. Like the 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 levels are purple and like the top is green. I'm not yeah. sure if you have those, but yeah, it feels like that. And I go like falling into that, so all the steps fall all over me. And then I'm just like lying in a heap, and I, I have to think to myself, well, I can either fake it and act like I'm really hurt, or I can just get up and then act like, all right, guys, I meant to do that. That's what I don't want you to do. So, <laughs> 
tested my shoulders off, and I said, all right, guys, let me demonstrate it again correctly. My knee was, like, throbbing because I hurt myself. But I just faked it, and I got through it, and then I just, you know, my clients will bring it up every so often, but I don't, you know, I don't let it bother me. Wow, that's good. But those are two of my actually worst nightmares, you know. They're my two biggest uh, biggest nightmares. So I like uh, those stories. I want to move on to a couple of things you guys have touched on, but I want to expand on it a little bit more. Excursions or things outside of the session. So is it just about the boot camp where it's like, all right, you know, it's boot camp, done, that's it? Or do you organize other activities, social activities, exercises, outside exercise sessions outside of the the gymnasium jonathan do you do them and if so what do you do um i first started off only wanting to do fitness related activities um so we would go off for runs or we would we did like a mud run we did a warrior dash um spartan race is big here in the states and it took a very very long time for me to accept the idea of going to someplace like a barn you know, um, and clients were asking me for the longest time, you know, we want to go out to this place. We want to go to that place. And I was so consumed with having to be the perfect pillar of nutrition. I was like, no, we're not going to go to a bar. It's not going to work out. And then one day I gave in. And I think people have to understand, or trainers have to understand that not only are you a, a platform for fitness, you are like a social marker. People like being able to say that they belong to not just this boot camp, but this club of people. You know, and the more I open myself up to just, and it doesn't have to be a bar, doing fun things. Like we're going to do hatchet throwing is now the rage over in the States where you throw like an axe into a target. I don't get it, but they want to do it. So we're going to be doing that um, like next Friday. And, you know, it's really just the more you can do, you know, the more people you may draw in because you might have a client that has a friend that doesn't want to do a mud run, but they want to meet you and they, you know, they'll go bowling or hatchet throwing. So it's pretty much everything. Uh, and if it's going to be like, if there's going to be alcohol, I let people know. I still like say, hey, listen, you guys are going to drink, but I'm going to judge you. And I'm going to want to see your food journals the next day so that you don't keep this going. I'm not trying to be alcoholic. So I, um, I do my best to have a broad range of things that we do because we have a broad range of interests. Yeah. Awesome. Danny, what about yourself? Do you do anything outside of the actual boot camp? Um, yeah, we do, uh, like do a lot of pop-up classes and I'll just like put a, like, like a little Google map and then I'll do, you know, especially with Instagram now you can like make these cool pictures so easy. I used to have to do like these things on my computer. Now you just Google map, screenshot, go on Instagram, use the creative like writing, put a little arrow. We're meeting here. It's a drop point. So it's like that extra class, especially for your monthly, monthly members. It's that like bonus class that they're like getting. So I do a ton of those like in different spots. So I love it because our crew, like, they'll be like, oh, I was driving down this street and I saw the spot. We did those weird, like, wall climbs off that alley, like, porch. And, like, so we do – I do those once a week or every other week. And then um, I do, like, a Christmas party. I do a summer party. And then we do, like, things – not a ton. And then the things I do do that are, like, group-oriented – you, sometimes, too, you got to be careful because if you go out and do too much as a group all the time, sometimes you can find, like, the, the classes can get – like, your people in your groups can get too close and then maybe someone's dating or not and then drama can start. So you do got to be careful if you are doing a lot of activities. Maybe, Jonathan, you haven't had this problem, but I've heard people in my town have issues with it. They got too close, a lot of CrossFit gyms. They do too much together and then they end up, uh, you know – 
one, they date and things or mess around, whatever happens. And then people don't come. And like, so definitely doing those outside things are important, but you've got to like plan the right activities and make sure you keep it like pretty, you know, just be careful because it can get too sticky. And in the end, yes, you want to be friends with them, but they are your clients and you want to keep them coming. And um, sometimes if you do too much togetherness, then it can take from that like freshness of the workout. I don't know. I'm, I'm partial. I'm kind of Gemini. So I like think both ways are important. So I'm a bit of both. I, uh, well, I'll tell you my, my take on it is I like, I like it as a predictability, a predictable versus unpredictable. This is something Tony Robbins talks about a lot as well. I think at boot camp, it's cool to have something predictable where it's like, hey, we come at 6 a.m. every morning, but every now and then to throw something unpredictable in there. So it might be, hey, this week we're going bowling. It might be, hey, this week we're going to do that pop-up class. Hey, this week we're going to train at, at this location here. So I think as long as there's some sort of predictability and unpredictability, it works well. I also want to touch on Danny because you mentioned it earlier before we started recording it. It sounded so cool. Do you do any of that? These um, you're a stand-up paddleboarder, I think you, you mentioned. Yeah. And is that just you just go out there and do a stand-up paddleboard, or can you do workouts on there? Because you were telling me some cool stuff before. Yeah, we run. Um, we we run another business called Urban Surf. So we rent paddleboards, kayaks, canoes, and then I run fitness classes on these paddleboards. And actually, this Friday we're doing a light up the night event. And I told some of my crew to come, and um, we dress in glowing things and glow sticks and glow paint, and then we hit the paddleboards in the dark. So it's at night at night in the moonlight. So um, there's a lot you can do on a paddleboard, but the paddleboard workouts are the best. And for any trainer out there in the world that has access to water, I, we started Urban Surf from Axfix. I wanted, you got to always be innovative, right? Because there's boot camps popping up every corner and you have to keep adding different things. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get six paddleboards. I'll run these little like, you know, like kind of renegade style. We pulled a trailer up to a, you know, a pond or a creek or a river or a lake or wherever we could jump on the boards and do workouts. You can do burpees and push-ups and paddling with just your arm or paddling kicking with just your feet or doing squat paddling or like a deadlift kind of motion so it's pretty insane what you can do on a paddleboard so I, I do a lot of those with my clients um and it's just different because you're out on the water so it's a total different element but anyone that has access to water even if you have a couple boards or you know a paddleboard business get there and do some workouts on the boards I have a few youtube channel or videos of workouts you can do on a board but pretty much everything you do on land you can do on a paddleboard I am. Um, I can't wait. I'm away this weekend. I'm down in Melbourne, but next weekend I'm back in Sydney. I can't wait. I'm just going to go to the bay, hire out a, a stand-up paddleboard and give it a crack. But um, hey, guys, that's about all we've got time for today. I just want to, um, just to our listeners, what I strongly recommend is follow both these people on social media. So both, they've got, without fail, it's the two best YouTube channels for anyone that wants to grow their, their boot camp or their fitness business. So Jonathan's at How to Sell Personal Training. Danny is at AxFit, so I recommend following both those. I'll put these links in the description anyway. Uh, they've both also got courses for personal trainers as well. Uh, with Jonathan, you can just go to his website, dumbbellstodollars.com. Danny, do you, where's the best place? Just your YouTube channel there. I know you're on Instagram as well as, as AxFit. If anyone's interested in doing any of your courses, where, where do they go? Yeah, they're on um, AxFit.com. There's like, I have over 50 training guides on there. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, pretty straightforward. Danny's just AxFit everything. AxFit on YouTube, AxFit on Instagram, AxFit on the website. So yeah, I recommend following both of those two. Just before we finish up, is there anything either of you two would like to add? Anything I forgot to ask or anything you want to finish off with? Danny? 
Um, I would say, you know, for trainers listening, every single workout, bring your game face. Be, it's a production. I go in there feeling like this is a production. I'm putting on this like orchestra. I'm going to have it flow. There's going to be good music. There's going to be no dead time. Like Jonathan said, always talking and singing. I dance, I cheer. I'm trying to be funny. I try to be tough. I try to compliment. So it's definitely a balance of everything and you have to do it every single session. Leave your shit that's bothering you that day in your car or at home and go into that session and just kill it. That's how you'll retain your clients, keep getting new clients and keep building yourself and your brand. Love it. And I've just got to add to that. We're in the entertainment business, right? Us running boot camps. Uh, yeah, we're trainers, but really we're in the entertainment business. And you can be the best trainer in the world, but if you can't entertain those clients, they're going to go somewhere else. Uh, Jonathan, anything you want to finish up with? Uh, it's actually a little bit of a question for Danny. So I'm going to kind of throw it back on her end because I think we vibe on the same thing where you mentioned earlier in this interview, you you said the trainers ask you, you know, how come my gym isn't blowing up in, in three months or six months? And I went through the same thing. I remember when I first started my boot camps, there were days where there was one person there or there was nobody there. And I had a bunch of equipment. I was by myself and really doubted myself. And then also in my first year, I remember like being really poor, like really eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day, not buying anything for myself. And um, it's really about consistency. And I remember telling myself, you know, number one, I'm not going to go back to personal training. And number two, I'm just determined to stick with this until it works. And Jackie, uh, Danny, rather, uh, what was your mindset when it was rough? Like in the beginning, like how did you, how'd you keep going? You had the kids, you had the single mom thing. You were, what kept you in the game? Um, the love for it. Like it was fun, you know, when you're in your session and even if it's with two people or five or sometimes there's 10 or the no people showing up, that wasn't fun. But you know, just knowing how much I loved it and the ones that did come said, you're made to do this, like stay at it. It's going to spread. And just, I don't know my, just the love for doing it. And I knew like any business and anything in life, it takes time. You have to keep at it. You, nothing happens overnight, anything that's good and successful stuff that happens quick, like weight loss, quick or business, fast cash that doesn't, it never lasts. So I knew that, you know, you just got to put that hard work in and keep going. And it was just like my family and uh, the love for, for making people cry and sweat. So that's just what kind of kept me going. I'll like, uh, so you, you go, Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, I, I just really, you really got to believe in yourself. Number one, if you don't love it, you're not going to stick around. I think that's a great litmus test, those first six months where you really doubt, is this going to grow? And if it stayed like this, would I want to do this anyway? I, I got similar um, encouragement from a client of mine, and I was just saying to her, I was like, I don't know, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know if I'm going to get more clients if we just stuck. She just said, stay at it. So it's about a mindset. Like you've got to be as entertaining as you have to be deep down. You have to be really tough as a person to make any business work. And uh, as much love as is required, toughness is required as well. And if you stay on it, you'll be successful. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add to that as well. So similar story, similar, very similar with me. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners too, I want to add to it as well. So uh, you've obviously got to love it. You've got to also put in the work and I believe learn from others too. So I was in that situation too, where my boot camp sucked, but I'm like, Hey, I really love this. I think I can make a difference. I want this to be my career. How can I make it work? 
And that's how I discovered YouTube as well. You know, I was like, well, first things first, I'm going to jump on YouTube and just study every single successful bootcamp operator out there. So that's my, my add on to that. So if you're, you're listening to this, and you're like, yeah, that's cool. You know, I'm struggling with my bootcamp, but you know, it's just time. I know it's going to work better with time. Yes, with time, but also the, the effort and the education as well. And I would start with both of these two people's uh, YouTube channels there, AxFit and How to Sell Personal Training. But anyways, I know both of you two have, have got to run, so I'm going to leave you to it. Thank you very much for your time, and we'll do this again sometime. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you. Awesome. If you liked the show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. For show notes and free training on how to grow your boot camp, visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Well, check out Mealsy, the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can say goodbye to countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian meal planning web app is designed to save you time and effort so you can focus on what really matters, your clients and their success. Mealsy provides you with a vast library of recipes all created by nutrition professionals. From breakfast to dinner and everything in between, we've got you covered. Whether you want to create a custom meal plan tailored to your client's needs or choose from our selection of ready-made meal plans, Mealsy has the flexibility to accommodate your preferences. So why waste precious time and energy creating meal plans from scratch? Let Mealsy do the heavy lifting for you while you focus on delivering exceptional fitness services. Join the community of fitness professionals who have revolutionized their business with Mealsy. Visit our website at www.mealsy.com and sign up today. Mealsy, the smarter way to meal plan for fitness professionals.